Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture on the Sire Studios Digital Network. That's SireDigital.com. And find all of our archived uh, podcasts and videos at SecretsOfTheSire.com. You can watch us live on YouTube.com slash Sire Studios, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, and Twitch.tv slash Secrets of the Sire. And find our podcast on all podcasting apps, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchors, and the Castworks Comedy Network. Anywhere you can download a podcast, you can find us tonight. Birds of Prey and Not Sexy Enough to Succeed. Uh, we talk briefly about the tragedy uh, around Kobe Bryant. We talk Arrow series finale, Picard, and our winter TV preview. I am your host, Michael Dolce. As always, joined by my co-host extraordinaire, the lord of the live stream himself, Mr. Hassan Godwin. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm I'm having a good day. Woo! Look at you. That's <laughs> yeah. as that's about as positive as you get. I, I <laughs> yeah, that's about I, all you gotta get to. <laughs> I did not have a I didn't have oh, a bad day yesterday. Oh, you're ruining the spread. Why? What happened? I had to get a new phone. Because my, my I saw your post. My iPhone saw- seven. Yeah, my iPhone seven, uh, while functional, the audio wasn't you know, the, the audio dictation <laughs> really bad which uh yeah. i do a lot of like you know audio because uh, i'm driving or whatever the case is so i will i will literally if i have to talk to somebody or send an email i'll do it through you know safely through my uh my headphones mm-hmm. um or just in general like it's just easier sometimes to send a, a voice text even though it was just awful it was getting butchered it was more work uh the battery wasn't charging uh completely the the and it wasn't the battery it was like literally the the you know where you plug it into just you know really annoying got to a point where i was like all right it's been four years. I need an upgrade. So I get this thing. This is an iPhone 11 because it's the latest ah. model. And I say, all right, I'm going to have a phone for five years. This is great. This was the equivalent of half of what my laptop would cost me. This was like 650 for the 64 gig. I went with the 128 and I paid 750 for it. I would literally buy a new laptop. Like, and I am in the market for a new laptop. I pay 1500 for a new laptop. My phone costs half of what a laptop costs. What the F? Wow. Who's your provider, though? Because usually you could work out a deal. I mean, you're yeah. way due for, a, uh, yeah. for an upgrade. They don't do right? upgrades anymore. They do, if you do a monthly, they give you a monthly rate. Yeah, and then it goes into, a, it, it gets added onto your bill. Correct. Yeah. So I was like, I just, I'll just buy it outright, and I'll have this for five years, and hopefully that will even out. But uh, it's my exact same phone. It's just, it, it, there's the part that got me even more. I like the smaller phone because I like to not have to carry around something really, really obnoxious in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, the smaller phone was another hundred dollars, so I was like, "All right, I'll just get the bigger one." So now it is my is the equivalent of what I have. Something oh, you new. Got a plus, you got a you got a whatever is eight uh, S. Oh, excuse me, eleven plus. 11 no, no, S I got the eleven. The eleven is just bigger. The eleven Pro is smaller. Go figure. So I got exactly the equivalent, but now it's bigger than what I had. Eh, it's nice. The screen is beautiful. Um, I got to relearn everything. I got to log back into all my apps. So yeah. uh, con- I got an eight and I, I've had it since 2017, 2017 right? Yeah. yeah. That's when um, it came out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's, it's starting to give me issues. 
Yeah. And I just don't want to, I just don't want to go no. through it again. No, I really don't want to upgrade. <laughs> I, I know. Wanna... I know. It's uh, it was, it was a traumatic day. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, traumatic I'm sorry. Day. That sucks. That sucks yeah. bad. And yeah. perfect, perfect segue into uh, our opening credits. Um, we're going to talk briefly about this. And you're gonna, you might ask yourself, uh, why would we talk about this? Uh, this is not necessarily comics, movies, TV, or pop culture, but it is in a way. Uh, Kobe Bryant, obviously, uh, passing away over the weekend. Uh, it was another traumatic event, to be honest with you. Uh, I am a big sports guy. I know our audience is not necessarily. Uh, he is connected to our world, though. He uh, won the Oscar uh, for Best Animated Short Film for Dear Basketball. Uh, that was in 2018, actually. I think he won the, uh, the Oscar for that. And he started a media company. Uh, he was actually starting the second half of his, of his life. And I knew him professionally, not, not actually. I just knew him uh, from watching him. You know, I'm a big basketball fan. I'm a big Knicks fan um, in general. And uh, it was very shocking. 41 years old, obviously very sad. Uh, his daughter was on the, the, the helicopter that went down as well, too. Uh, seven other people, including the pilot. Um, it, again, we don't really need... That's why it's kind of an opening credits uh, you know, kind of number here. We just want to kind of uh, pay tribute in, in a way and talk. But jarring when someone so young passes in such a tragic you know, way. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I was, I was at home on Sunday when I got a... a kind of a text message from CNN, like one mm-hmm. of the news things that just said Kobe, Kobe Bryant went down in a helicopter crash, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was very, uh, it was very nonspecific. It yeah. really didn't, it was vague, you know? And so like, you know, as, as, as time goes on, you, and I knew it was legit right away. Cause yeah. it was CNN. So it wasn't, yeah. was, wasn't like, uh, you know, uh, TMZ or something like that. Right. Oh, but, TMZ um, actually broke it, by the way. I know. Yeah. I know. Which but the police I mean, were upset with because they, yes, they kind of broke it before anyone uh, could alert and their, they their family. Be. Yes. Yeah. Um, this but is I the mean, like with TMZ, in, right? you, with, with TMZ, you could kind of be like, eh, all right, maybe this is a hoax. You know, they don't know yeah. what they're talking about. When, when, when you yeah. get something from CNN, you know, I mean, they see, people have their biases towards, you know, towards mainstream media also, but they vet their stories before they, you know, before they, they, they announce anything. Yes. So when they're, when you're getting an announcement from CNN, you kind of know yeah. that's the, you know, that's the standard right there. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, that, that's kind of another surreality where you hear this and you're like, wow, okay, that's, that's rough. And it yeah. starts to dawn on you how rough it is as the time goes by. And then it, the problem with that is that, it starts, the news starts to become relentless at yeah. that point. Yeah. Because now everybody's reporting on it because of the social media. It's everywhere yeah. you look. It's just boom, you hit with it. The, the other thing that's worse than that, um, not worse than, than Kobe Bryant's death or anything like that, but the other thing that's kind of bad is just the way we are, our society is organized, mm-hmm. where it took three days before I heard who else was in the, the, the helicopter with him. Yeah, you know his 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 death took all the oxygen up in the room, and it was yeah. I mean that's a tra- it was a tragic, tragic, accident. just tragic in general, right? There's yeah. there's no silver lining for many of this, um, no. and and it just goes to show you. Well, the couple couple things. One is the like you kind of mentioned the digital age that we live in. I mean, I literally on Sunday, you know, my Sunday got interrupted by a text message from a friend. Hey, did you hear this? No, I didn't. Oh my gosh, you know, yeah. let's go see if this is true. 
you know, we, we go and we try to vet these things now and mm-hmm. it seemed like it was true. And that was even worse. Then you can hear it from other friends and you shoot it out to other friends. So the way information travels now, uh, it's, it's, it's not the equivalent of when we were, you know, where we were 10 years ago. So, so that's the first thing I kind of noticed. Um, but like you said, you reach fatigue, you reach a point where, you know, I'm tired of pulling down on the Twitter feed and, and trying to see, and, and, and you know, the report that his daughters were on the, on the copter. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you go, Oh, well, that's not true. Oh, thank God. And then you find it's just one and you go, Oh my God, that's even worse. You know, just, yeah, uh, it's not worse, but it's, it's just as bad. And, and, um, you know, but, but now that yeah, they're broken up now, and that you know, like all that, all that stuff that comes with it, all the baggage that comes with yeah. all that stuff. I mean, it's it's something like that. Uh, getting to the pop culture aspect, just to kind of you know, a pay tribute, uh, the fact that he had transcended his basketball life, which was in and of itself in forty-one years, he accomplished more than I think you and I combined have. Uh, you know, just in terms of professional, uh, you yeah, know, to, to give it some sort of uh, you know, no argument, weight, no argument. And it just felt like he had so much more left to contribute with this new media company. It was young. It would have been was, very interesting. I actually was, watched. He was a child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, did, have you seen? I don't know if you have. I did. I actually ended up watching Deer Basketball. It is, it is unbelievable. Like, it is, it is a really it. amazing animated piece. I definitely recommend going and seeing it. Um, so, again, to our audience who mainly might be interested in that kind of thing, versus uh you know the sports aspect to it um pay tribute by going to watch it it's it's great i think they actually might have pulled it offline but you can still find it on youtube uh it really is a breathtaking animated uh short and it also kind of again there's there's no positives out of this so i'm not trying to say like there's a silver lining but all it it was very inspirational to watch that and to kind of understand you know, we grow up in a time where you sit there and go, if you're an Oscar winner, you have to either be a best actor, best actress, best director, you know, best film. It's, it. it's the only chance you got. Um, yeah. no, but no, there, there are other forms of media that are accessible to creative people uh, to get the recognition and, and to get the kind of, you know, get, get sort right. of attention. So to me, it was like, all right, uh, you know, again, it's not a positive, it's not a silver lining, but it was something that after watching the short film, I, I kind of got inspired by, so. Uh, that's a it's a good thing you know in in, in that you know, yeah very very whatever small you could pull capacity. out of that yeah so all right shifting gears to happier topics birds of prey not sexy enough to succeed this was that's an actual, a happier topic <laughs> I, was kinda, I, yeah. I, I knew it's a, I, it's, a it's a less uh it's a less depressing topic it's, i, I it's, knew what i was doing when i <laughs> segued into that um <laughs> This was an actual Twitter beef that was happening um, over the weekend, and I kind of thought it was hilarious, so I, I did want to just talk about it briefly. Like next week, we're going to actually hear it. Let's hear we're going to preview Birds of Prey next week. Uh, we're going to have uh, that Kevin Sharp on again. Uh, I said that because that's his Twitter handle, that Kevin Sharp, um, uh, who's a, uh, a media blogger, and he's going to come on, and we're going to talk about the Birds of Prey stuff you need to be uh, reading and, and, and whatnot. Um, but I thought this was interesting. Matthew Kaddish, uh, at Matthew Kaddish, who is a geek blogger, he wrote, you know why Birds of Prey is going to bomb just like Charlie's Angels? They removed any sex appeal these characters had to appeal to a female girl power audience instead of the core male comic book audience. They literally don't know who they're making this movie for. Uh, And then he followed it up, like, even women want to see attractive women on screen. 
Cosplayers want hot characters to emulate. None of the Birds of Prey characters have any sex appeal. They even toned down Harley Quinn to make her less sexy, despite that being her biggest draw in Suicide Squad. Aside from the obvious rolling of the eyes and chuckling, I'm going to use the word chuckling. I had to actually, in my head, I was debating what form of laughter uh, <laughs> to describe a tweet like this. Oh, they're, they're really... <laughs> see, I, I, giggling or chuckling, I couldn't figure out which one I wanted to kind of I say. Because giggling, giggling kind of can be a positive thing. Yeah. Chuckling is kind of a better one. <laughs> this tweet is like 15 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's Angels bombed because nobody wanted a Charlie's Angels sequel. Like, we all realize that, right? Now, obviously he doesn't. My own personal tastes aside, in terms of women's fashion, I actually like the fashion of the 2000s and the 2010s better than what we have now because it's like retro 90s stuff, and I never liked the retro 90s stuff. Um, Charlie's Angels was very sexy, though. <laughs> it was very sexy by contemporary standards. It just wasn't a good movie that nobody wanted. Like, there was no one sitting there going like, you know what they should remake? <laughs> that movie they remade twice already. No, based off the TV series. No, they didn't. They, unnecessary. Birds of Prey is a Harley Quinn solo movie, which was actually demanded for because Harley Quinn is a uh, in-demand character. Suicide Squad, while not overly successful, wasn't a complete you know, loss for DC. It had some shining moments, and that was Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. The core male, I could talk about this all the time. I, I really could, I could fill an entire show on this, actually, which uh, many out there might be surprised at, at my point of view here, but <laughs> the core male comic book audience is actually not the ones buying comic books as much anymore. Uh, there is a struggle between the comic book retailer and the wider graphic novel bookstore online digital audience, which is now primarily split between female and male and might even skew more female. So when I say this tweet is 15 years old, 15 years ago, yeah, this might have validity in terms of who's actually watching these superhero movies, which were not what they are now. It's also a 15-year-old tweet. <laughs> it's also like what a 15-year-old would tweet. That's what I was about to say. It also sounds like something a 15-year-old would. Well, you know, if you see, daughter. we're showing, we're showing <laughs> Matthew Caddish on screen. It is not a 15-year-old boy tweeting this, unfortunately. Uh, what, what's what's I your don't know. take? I don't understand why. I don't, I don't get this. this uh, I don't see what the gain is because they're wrong every time. Right? Yeah. They're wrong about Star Wars. They're wrong about Captain Marvel. They got one victory. One victory, which was Solo. Which is ironically a, starring a white male lead character. Yeah, which are these extenuating circumstances to, to why that... And I, I love Solo. You know yeah, I mean? It's extenuating yeah. circumstances. And I remember us arguing about it when they, they premiered Solo at Thanksgiving on 2017 or wherever yeah, yeah. the year they came out. And you were like, hey, man, it looks fun. And I'm like, I'm like F them. You know, I'm, not, I'm not going back. I'm not doing it again. And it turned out Solo is one of the movies I genuinely right. enjoyed. From from uh, Disney, I'm not saying that this is fandom menace or anything like that. I'm saying because I'm not starting into the, I'm not, I'm not wading into that that pool. Um, I'm saying that this, uh, this 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 hysteria to claim 
the soul of what cinema is supposed to be and who yeah. the genuine audience you know the, the genuine audience is being wronged for yeah. you to you know could be and you're focusing on uh, on audience that uh you know that doesn't give a damn about any of this stuff the demog- the, the, the metrics don't prove that you know, right. it's 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 completely not proven. Women don't go see comic book movies or whatever. You get Wonder Woman and you get uh, um, Captain Marvel. You get these, um, you know, minorities don't want to, you know, are not, not reading. And then you get Black Panther and you get some of these other things. And they, now you get people openly saying, well, there should have been a little more diversity in this. And you would have gotten them. They're breaking, they're breaking audiences down by yeah. race now. You know, like how many people went to see, how many Caucasian went to see this, how many African American, how many Hispanic, blah blah blah. I'm not, and I, I, I'm, I cast no aspersions on that. I'm just talking about we, we do have math that shows that there is a, there is a substantial amount of money in catering to audience, uh, wider audiences. You yeah. Know? Now we can argue about the stories. We can, all day long we can argue about the stories. I would agree. A, a lot of the stories are lacking. A lot of this is lacking. But to say that, okay, well, no woman's going to see this because none of the chicks are hot. That's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, like, that's, that's the stupidest thing I have ever heard. And, yeah, it, I know. and, it, I, and I your agree. finger's on the pulse of it. You, you don't have your finger on the pulse of it. You don't. You don't have your finger on the pulse of it because there's so many, like even Dr. Doolittle, which everybody said was dead on arrival. Mm-hmm started making some money you know in the last mm-hmm. like last weekend i was like not a lot it's not a hit right. but no, it's, it's a not, bomb it's a bomb it's, it's yeah but it's not it wasn't dead it right. wasn't a dead thing people right. actually did it did rebound it did it did yeah. rally to an extent okay yeah. it's a bomb because of how much money was spent on it versus how much was made on it but it's not it, it's not cats okay this so is, yeah nobody knows this Nobody is my question, knows. though, and this is my question. This Except is a for couple- Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige knows. I have two questions, right? <laughs> a, this guy, he's not a blue, blue check guy, all right? He has no credentials. He has 4,500 followers. Very respectable. It's twice that's as many good, as I have. That's, that's great. Go follow me on Twitter at sire underscore studios. Don't follow me. I don't, don't, I don't want your following. At HS Godwin. Um, <laughs> you actually, you actually, you're, you're going to get more followers than me now because you're like, don't follow me. They're like, well, 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 F you. I'm going to follow you. And I'm like, please follow me. And they're like, I was. Now I'm not. Now, now um, that you asked because you asked. asked. Um, but no, it, it, how, does this, how does this capture the zeitgeist? I mean, this became like the big trending tweet. 3.8 thousand comments. Because it's you know, outrage. This is the currency of the realm, man. So then this that's is, my, is... that leads to my follow-up question. How valid is this tweet? Is this, I, I almost wonder if this guy is being paid by a marketing company to tweet this, to rally people around something. I wouldn't be something. surprised. I would not you be know, surprised. And, and that just goes to show you, again, Going back to this wonderful thing that I spent half a laptop on, <laughs> and that's exactly what I would call it, just how dangerous this little thing in our pocket really is, because I think what it does and how it separates us, look, I don't know, I'm not, we're not the first show to say this, uh, we're not the first people to think this, but it really, we are living in an age that our rock and roll heroes used to 
I mean, literally write songs against in terms of, you know, but selling out has now intermixed with personal expression to a point where I don't know what's real and what's not anymore. And this could be an example of that, or it could just be some 45 year old man who's trapped in a 15 year old's body. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. All right. When we come back, uh, we are diving into our winter TV preview. We got Walking Dead. We got Clone Wars. We got Picard. Uh, there's another show called Lock and Key coming on Netflix. That was a very popular comic book from IDW. Uh, we'll dive into the Arrow series finale as well when we return. Check out the all-new Sire Studios website, sirestudiosinc.com. Find all your back issues for The Sire, Mainstream, Undone, and more. And be on the lookout for news and announcements, convention appearances, and brand new podcasts coming to Sire Studios. That address again is sirestudiosinc.com. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. Uh, now we really focus on the TV part. Just as soon as I give a little shout out to our beloved patrons, go to patreon.com slash secrets of the sire. Dedicated fans, Tom Osa, Craig Caruso, Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Omar Morales, Brian Phillips, program director Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Go to patreon.com slash secrets of the sire. Uh, it is winter. Uh, it used to be, you know, it's funny. There used to be a winter mid-season replacement era, era or January used that. to be like a dead time. Uh, yeah. January to March was like the deadest time. Now there are no seasons anymore. There's just, there's just endless content. Yeah. Stuff is um, just dropping all over the place. Yeah. And so we, we have, we have a few, um, things that, that are coming back. Uh, some that have already launched, uh, we'll start with Picard. Uh, have you been able to, to watch any of Picard? I well, they only they've only had the first episode out, okay. and I did watch the first episode. Yeah. I did, I did see it. You got to pay for CBS. You got to pay for that app, right? Yeah, yeah, you got. So I can't. I'm it. getting tired of paying for apps, dude. Like I paid for cable. <laughs> Just put it on cable. <laughs> they will eventually. That'll that that's gonna that's gonna be the rub, man. It's all all this stuff is gonna be all this exclusive content is gonna be superfluous after a while because yeah. uh, they're gonna eventually like you know just just put it on Hulu. You know, I have to on check the, on the non-pay Hulu. Are they going to pay it? Or are they going to put it right on HBO or something like that? Yeah, I have to check with <laughs> uh, with because uh, you know it's funny. My HBO Go app works because I pay for HBO through Verizon. So maybe maybe I get something with with Verizon. I don't know. I mean, look, I'm just I'm just looking to cut corners anywhere I can. Um, <laughs> what I did read about it. So obviously, you could tell I have not seen it. Um, I, I'm not a big Star Trek guy, though, in general, so it's not... I mean, I never watched Next Generation. Uh, it would be on Sunday afternoons somewhere, and I would just kind of, you know, whatever. I just... It's just not wow. into it. Wow. Never into watched it. Next Generation. I don't I know I've, how many I think I've seen three episodes in my entire life. Three that, episodes of Next Generation in seven years. And that was probably seen. just because there was literally nothing else on, and I was channel surfing, and that was those were the Ouch, days... Dude. Those were the days Ouch. when you literally had, you know... I guess when that was on, you, you probably had 50 channels, 60 not, channels. Yeah, not much else. There's a, there a lot more and excuse. 40 of those channels are just unwatchable Picard. garbage. That yeah, you there's watch. a lot more excuse for you not watching Picard that right now yeah. than not watching Next Gen when it was coming it's out. not a Star Trek guy. What yeah. I did well, read, that's, though. That's a good enough reason. What I did read 
was that it is to Star Trek what Logan is to the X-Men universe. Uh, you, I could see that. You could, you could say that. You could make that, which is ironic because uh, Patrick Stewart was also in Logan. Well, and, I, and, and it was it, the inspiration. For right, he said he, brought, he wanted to bring a lot of what they did in Logan to the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. Is that reflected, do you think? I think it is to an extent. Um, you know, like Patrick Stewart's like this weird. He is like a gold standard for yeah. Um, not not so much the next generation, but for um, for late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek in general for that whole golden age of Star Trek yeah. uh, era. Um, even though he was only he only occupied maybe basically like seven years of it, right. and then you know give or take another ten years in movies. Um, and there are other captains. There's, you know, Captain Jane Ray, Captain Cisco, Captain Archer, Captain Kirk. There's, I mean, he's not the only character, but he is a pinnacle. He's, he's very much a paragon right. of the sensibilities of Starfleet and of the Federation and of the, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, ex, the, the exploits, uh, and the exaltation of humanity, uh, right. as, as, you know, pertains to where Gene Roddenberry's vision. So, it's funny that he wants to kind of that Patrick Stewart, the man who played mm-hmm. Captain Picard, and Patrick Stewart and Captain Picard are two very different individuals. The man mm-hmm. who who plays him and the man he plays are right. two very different people. Um, it's very funny that Patrick Stewart, who portrays uh, uh, Captain Picard, would want to kind of tarnish that a little bit right. by putting a little darkness into not maybe not who captain picard is but into him being disillusioned yeah with this organization that he gave his entire life to pretty right much. um so i could see that i think it's a little less hopefully it ends better than logan um i think it is, it's a little less grim or you know, because just Logan kind of starts on a on a on a bout of hopelessness. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. he's run down, he's dying. Yeah, you know, certainly, uh, certainly, uh, Xavier is dying. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have this antagonistic right. attitude with uh, with Caliban, who is like nursemaiding both of them. You know, is, is yeah, mothering yeah. both of them, and then the Reavers come and kill everybody. So <laughs> I mean, it's not a it's not spoiler. Everybody dies, with the exception of uh, of uh, Lila uh, Bevilacqua. It's from, been out uh, for two dark, years. His dark materials. I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> I think we've hit that point. I know. I know. I'm just but, saying. I, but I, I appreciate. I'm I appreciate. Hoping, it. I, yeah, it's too late. I already gave it, it away before. Appreciate I'm hoping it. that that uh, Picard ends better than Logan. Yeah. But I see the. I see the. Uh, the the correlation between. Yeah. The two. Uh, another show that is coming back in February. Um, sorry, uh, another show, a different show. Picard debuted. It's coming back, uh, but but it feels like it's been resurrected. Is Star Wars Clone Wars now? Full disclosure: mm-hmm. the trailer came out last week, and we knew the trailer came out last week. And theoretically speaking, we could have done a trailer truth, truth or trash, but we had so much other stuff. I, I literally made the decision. I'm like, eh, we'll talk about it next week. Clone Wars, you're a big fan of the TV of the cartoon series, correct? Yeah, super big. Yeah, super I mean, you're you're a, you're like the resident Star Wars guy. Like that's that is your 
contribution to this show, I think. I'm, re- I'm resident archive Star Wars yeah. guy, classic yeah, yeah. Star Wars guy. I yeah. am not a Disney Star Wars guy. No, but I'm but not, at this I'm point, not. you can keep up on a lot of the Disney Star I Wars can. stuff. If you so far, to. because Disney hasn't forwayed for 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 forwayed <laughs> too deeply into this into their um, iteration of what Star Wars is. So I could keep up with it, but I'm shout, shout after out, Rise of Skywalker, I'm trailing off. Yeah, I shout think. out to a uh, friend and fan of the show, James Massia. Um, he is an English teacher in, uh, I think, either Virginia or Maryland. I can't remember where exactly. He gave his non-Disney Star Wars, uh, I guess, Lucasfilm novels to one of his students. And the Lucasfilm novel, uh, the student came back and was just like, Disney Star Wars sucks. Like, I can't believe you got, like, you lived in an era where, you know, people could read this, Um, you know, and and he read, you know, he gave him, because he was a fan of all the books, so he gave him all the books and whatnot, and, you know, just a different level. The newer Uh, books are are not that good. Yeah, Um, yeah, but we're not going to, we're not going to talk, we're not, we're not going to talk about that. No, okay, good. Good. We're going to talk about Clone Wars coming back. Your thoughts on the trailer? I think the trailer was wonderful um there was you know but i mean there's not a lot of substance in it there's just a lot of lightsabers and people you know getting killed and stuff and um obviously it's going to tie in to at least uh coincide or coexist with Mm -hmm. uh uh or probably culminate if you want to just keep using c words um with uh uh, the revenge of the sith which is exciting to see how it, yeah. you know, how it's all going to wrap up and how the Clone Wars is going to end and wrap up. I'm sad, actually, at the, for the most part, that it's the last season, and they're they're very much pushing the angle that this is the last season. Yeah, it, I think it, I think it definitely will be the last season. I don't think they're going to do I, any. Uh, if they're going to end with the, if they're going to end with Revenge of the Sith, then yeah, you, that's you going to be the last season. This is the part that's so interesting you know we were just talking about streaming apps you know disney plus app i had no problem purchasing like in my head fundamentally i had no problem purchasing because of the wealth of content that you can get on it uh that you really can't get anywhere else the new shows that they're doing uh you know ties into the bigger movie world uh with star wars and marvel which is really exciting and then obviously having a repository of disney Yeah, a repository of all the Disney and Star Wars and Marvel films all in one place. It's like, well, this is a no-brainer. You know, whereas like a CBS app, I'm sitting there going like, no, I can turn CBS on. Like, why why, why do I need an app for this? Like, I don't, like, I I guess I could turn the Disney channel on, but that's different than, you know, what the Disney app is. So to me, it's like, this is great. I'll I'll eat this S up all day long. No problem. Um, (laughs) Speaking of S, um... That's actually not true, I guess, because I think I, from what I'm reading, they've redeemed themselves. Walking Dead also coming back uh, for their part two of season 10. I uh, keep hearing that it's back to form. Yeah. That is yeah. fantastic. I hear yeah. all kinds of good things about Walking Dead. I'm not a, I can't go back. I'm way too, I'm way too far behind. You're not that. Opinion. No, you're not that far behind. You're as far behind as I am. I, I stopped watching at the beginning of season nine, not because I just. It, it wasn't appointment television anymore. Uh, my dad and I used to watch it together. Uh, that just became more difficult with my kids. We just, I don't have free time to do so. Mm-hmm. But even that being said, new season of Kirby Enthusiasm came on and I'm like, dad, we have to watch this. You know, whereas Walking Dead, it's like, ah, it's there. We'll, we'll catch up when we, when we get to it. 
And, uh, and that's been like two years. So there's now. no urgency. You don't have any urgency to see the, the apparently the, the big to do is two things. One is uh, Michonne. This is, I guess, spoilers. If anybody does, has not heard the news, uh, Rick Grimes left last season. Uh, mm-hmm. Michonne is exiting the show this season, Danny Guerrero and Andrea, uh, who was killed off way, way back in like season three is going to make an appearance could be in a vision, could be in a dream, could be something. Uh, a lot of speculation as to how Michonne is going to exit the show, dead or alive. We don't know. Uh, most times it doesn't end well <laughs> for, no. for, for cast Usually members. Usually it does not. Uh, Usually so, it does not. And I think it will be cheating. I think you might even speculate speculation of how like stories work or whatever. Don't speculate. I, don't speculate because speculating, that's a totally different thing. But if you speculate. Are you kidding me? I just really? had to. I just had really? to. Really? All right. There's something about that. In my own speculation. There was something how... about the way you said that that just, I had to. It, it could, would have been fine. It, I mean, it would have just, we would have gotten right through it. But it no, made, no. It made me giggle. Okay. I'll be <laughs> Not waiting. chuckle. Not chuckle. I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. I did waiting. not give you a chuckle. I gave you a giggle. Yeah. It was a giggle. Uh, I don't know. I think a giggle might be a little worse than a chuckle. But okay. No, giggle's a positive thing. I told yeah. you, giggle positive, okay. chuckle negative. Oh, yes, because giggle, you're laughing with me as opposed to at Exactly. Me. I got, I got chuckle, I got you. laughing gotcha. at you. Giggle, I don't want to speculate exactly how I see what you did there now. I see what you did there. I like that. Now, 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 you're going to lean into it. You just got to lean into it. <laughs> That's um, very <laughs> We've learned this over, over four years of doing this. Yes. Now. Um, but uh, I messed up my mic. <laughs> I'm having a great time. This, this, this is all your fault. That's what I get for leaning into it. <laughs> this whole it's segment has gone completely. <laughs> it's all. It's all going awry. It's astray. All right. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was going to say array. I couldn't decide. Astray <laughs> or awry. I don't even pun. care. About what, what was I even talking about now? <laughs> I don't want to speculate exactly why how she'll go. But if they <laughs> if they let her live after they let Rick Grimes live. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. I think it's. I think it would be weak. So I. She's probably unless they're going to do something where she just disappears. Like she's like she goes you, off you in know, the woods and and you never know what her fate is. You it, know? She, she it, doesn't come back. Here's kind of where I, I stand on all this stuff now. Now that Kirkman actually ended the series, I feel like there. It, it has given the show this um, release to kind of do whatever they want, only because while they do have a history of sticking to and not sticking to various plot points or altering things. Like Andrea was alive in the comics for a long time uh, versus, you know, and she became the love interest of Rick Grimes, you know, versus um, Melissa McBride's character who, uh, you know, was the, who, who took on that form. She was killed, you know, in this, in the comic right. series. So he would, you know, the show would kind of pick different uh, characters to live and different characters to die. And, um, but for the most part, it kind of stuck to that, stuck to that same kind of script. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can still do the same thing, but I feel like now that Kirkman's not telling the story every single month in comic book form anymore, like who cares almost like how the show ends at this point? Because yeah, you've gotten, go you got an ending in the comic book already. So Yeah, and Kurtzman's like ending was, was jarring in and yeah. of itself. You know, yeah. it was very yeah. abrupt and it was like, like, what? You know, so... And I mean, I'm not even talking about the events in the in the end. I'm just talking mm-hmm. about the fact that it just came to an end. And he announced it like a month before he put out the last issue. No, he so. didn't even announce. I mean, literally, he announced, I think, the day of. Like, this is it. It's the last issue. Uh, he, in fact, created three covers specifically to solicit to the distributor 
so that people thought there were more issues coming out. Yeah, so he, why? Oh, that I think is fantastic. I think that I think there's something cool about kind of just going out, you know, and 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 trying to keep it as much of a secret as humanly possible. I thought that was kind of a cool, kind of a cool thing. All right, last thing on our t- winter TV preview, um, we can't really talk too much about. It. We are we are knowledgeable comic book people. I am a, a knowledgeable comic book person to have even identified this uh, Lock and Key uh, coming out on Netflix. Lock and Key was an IDW book. Uh, came out in 2008. Um, it was it sold out. It was a very it's good horror supernatural kind of uh, graphic novel. So go check it out. Uh, Carlton Cuse of Lost Fame uh, is the showrunner on this particular iteration. So it is coming out on Netflix. Uh, I will definitely check it out uh, when it comes out. I think it's I think it's it's pretty cool. Um, but again, just you know, more content being kind of produced via comic books first. So I think that's kind of a I don't know, it's kind of a cool thing to see that's all i got um yes um i think i think uh comic books are going to be uh going to be tapped for quite some some time it's you think be so the source of uh i mean look it's not gonna it's it won't always be superheroes but comic books right. offer a lot more variety in things and it's also a lot of oh visual... you mean tapped as in they're going to tap into more yeah i think i thought you meant be like tapped, tapped as in like it's tapped, tapped out, out. Yeah. No, I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be mined for, much for quite some mm. time. Yeah, um, your previous your previous comment went astray. No, no, you can tap right. into something. No, I know you know you're right. No, you're it's right. Fine. You're it's right. fine. You're it's right. your understanding of English that's the problem. Mm. Like, that's all. Me that's fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> I fall for that stupid joke every time. <laughs> it's every Ralph. Time. How can you not? It's Ralph. <laughs> it's Ralph. It's great. It's absolutely great. Yeah, but I think it's going to be around for for a long time. I'm, I'm, I'll be happy when we start. To, I mean, even even uh, Road to Perdition was a comic book. Yeah, you know, before this, before the golden age of comic book adaptations. So I mean, yeah. there's a lot, comics have a lot to offer mainstream uh, visual media. Yeah, um, and I think I think now that we are, we're, everyone's well aware of how lucrative it can be. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot of stuff that, yeah. that you know surprisingly had an origin as a comic book. Speaking of, when we come back, we're going to dive into one of the original comics to move comics to TV shows that just aired their series finale last night. When we come back, I'm everything my 19 year old self fought hard to not be. Yes, you are the. It's like 19 year old self is like. You've become what you hate. You've become the enemy. 19 year old self, don't sell out. (laughs) Yeah, 39 year old self is like. Sell out every night. Out. Sell it out, baby. First sign of trouble. First sign of trouble, sell out. No, we did not. Welcome back to Secrets uh, of the Sire, uh, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. I did that on purpose because I, like, I like it. I like it when people don't realize we're talking during the, during the commercial. <laughs> Ding. Uh, which is <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it does count. All right. <laughs> yeah, ass doesn't really count anymore. Everybody, everybody uses that. That's we on soap com- operas now. 
comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. Uh, one of the big Sometimes. TV slash pop culture uh, events happened last night, which was the Arrow Seminal. series finale. Um, for those not in the know, uh, such as your two hosts here who really have... Ne- I-, I watched my first episode of Arrow ever last night. Uh, it was very exciting. Uh, I watched <laughs> the recap. Uh, I figured that was... I saw that this special was coming on. I was like, that... Boom. I'm going to queue in. There, right there it there. is. Yeah, I'm going to lock in here. I got this eight, is where yeah, I'm going to lock it. Yeah, I got eight seasons in or seven <laughs> seasons in in an hour. It was fantastic. Um, here, here's the thing about Arrow in general. We'll talk about that final scene also because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, unraveling the TV connections and the contracts and you know what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do in terms of the specific characters you're allowed to use and not use. Um, the... Arrow, in general, was such a groundbreaking show because what it managed to do, and, and again, not having watched it, but having, you know, anytime someone would say, like, what show should you be watching if you're a fan of all this stuff, it was Arrow. And it, I mean, just the fact that it came out, you know, in 2011, I mean, this is like pre-Avengers hitting. This is pre-comic books are, are you know, Mar- the Marvel plan is is matriculating but it has not metastasized into the into what it is now batman versus superman um hadn't come out yet but man of steel was two still two years away you had watchmen you had you know for all intents and purposes it should have failed right i mean it should not have succeeded in the way that it succeeded it should not have spawned the arrowverse which is you know kind of a you know laughable in a way that it's the series finale of this show but you could easily bring back any of the characters. You could easily cross-pollinate any of the characters. The same showrunner, Greg Berlanti, runs the whole Arrowverse in general. Guggenheim, uh, who's also a comic book writer as well, too, you know, is involved in, in Flash and all these other shows as well, too. So as much as it's an ending, it's really not. What they've managed to create is kind of what I think Joss Whedon was able to, to accomplish years ago with the Buffy and Angelverse. Uh, but to an even greater scope, to a point where I'm wondering if Buffy was around today, you know, would we have five Buffy shows? I feel like we would. Probably, probably. Um, she still might last as long as she lasted because seven years is a good run. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, a really good run. run. And even for Angel, five years is a pretty solid run. It, yeah, I don't like the way Angel ended, but I mean, it was, right. it was a it was a solid. It's just, it was it's a solid watch, even mm-hmm. in the rewatch. So, yeah, um, he, there probably would have been, probably Angel would have been able to go uh, seven years. Yeah. And yeah. probably there would be maybe We'd get like a spike. Show. We'd get a spike, a, you know, spike spin-off. Spike show. Of, yeah. Spike and Drusilla like, or whatever. You exactly. Know, faith which would show. have been, which look, I would have watched. That would have oh, been yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. The the Arrowverse is a ridiculous phenomenon. You know, it was a, it's a it's a ridiculous phenomenon. It's a great accomplishment. I mean, there's a, there's there's varying degrees of quality that you you know that you may or may not be able to. And then and then all of that is subjective. All of that is uh, arguable. Sure. Um, but you can't deny the accomplishment of of the Arrowverse in and of itself. And it was all spearheaded by uh, by Green Arrow, right? Arrow, which they took Green Arrow. First of all, was not a gold standard, you know, character from mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. from the the DC universe, and they they made him the center, the focal point of a television empire, you know, kind right. of a, you know of all these and launched all these franchises, and they've done far better than the DCEU has been able to do 
in movies. You know, they've done far better. I think than that's the number one takeaway from this, right? I mean, they're able to create the Marvel Universe format on TV using DC characters in a way that DC movies has always failed and will continue to fail to do. Yeah. And well, okay. <laughs> that's I don't I don't want to get into speculation because I don't like to speculate. But um the uh the the it's arguable that the Arrowverse works even better than the MCU because it's very integrated. Yeah. Very cross-pollinated. It's not I mean the MCU gets very cheeky sometimes and hints at things. Um well, well, you it know, it's interesting you say that, too, because Mark Guggenheim in an interview, um, see, I do my research, even if I don't watch the show. Even if you uh, don't do your research? <laughs> the, um, no, no, I do my research. I just don't watch the TV shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, I know about Walking Dead. I just haven't seen it in two years. Yeah, I just, um, I just won't watch it. Guggenheim was always like, well, did you see Iron Man 3? You know, the, the problem with this interconnected universe and something that we're very attuned to and we try to avoid is, well, why didn't? Iron Man just called the Avengers to save the day in Iron Man 3. You know, at that point, he should have. Um, and in this matriculated universe, to your point, I think they've managed to do it in a way where you understand that, okay, you know, Flash just can't save the day all the time because he's busy with his own stuff going on, you know? And you get right. to see that week in and week or out. And Supergirl and, can't call Flash right. whenever she needs a backup because they're in a different universe. Right. You know, which they right. tore that down. I right. Think. Now they're uh, all in Earth Prime. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of spoilers, the final scene for anybody who has not seen it yet, um, keep, keep watching and, or listening to our podcast. Uh, but you, you know, just so we get the, the clicks and stuff, but, um, <laughs> yeah, just for us, not, not for your turn away in case you don't want to know this <laughs> Diggle, uh, John Diggle, uh, green lantern arrow scene offers brightest day for Diggle, uh, confirming the green lantern arrow spoilers from earlier. This is from comic or cosmicbooknews.com. Now the episode is aired, offering perhaps a brightest day for John Diggle. David Ramsey as Diggle narrates the ending, whereas he gets ready to move to Metropolis. Uh, Crisis merged the Tyler Hoechlin Superman and Supergirl universe and all the CWDC characters into one Earth, which is awesome. He sees something fall from the sky, which blasts him back. Diggle gets up. It's a green glowing box. Uh, now, while the lantern ring is never shown uh, and nothing is said, it does kind of intimate that we knew, now have a new uh, Green Lantern in the Arrowverse. Uh, regarding why Green Lantern wasn't allowed to be actually shown or used, though, uh, we know there have been plans in place for movies and TV series, such as the HBO Max series, which was recently announced for Green Lantern. Uh, Jeff Johns has also been supposedly developing a Green Lantern movie with Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Uh, so they're going to try to take another stab at that. Uh, and uh, They've also heard rumors that J.J. Abrams wants to tackle Green Lantern as well. So maybe it's Green Lantern, maybe it's not. I mean, they've done a nice job of kind of balancing the movie universe separate from the TV universe, although I guess maybe Crisis kind of ends all that. It seems like it. I, I, didn't, I haven't seen all of Crisis. We are very bad. We have, we have done a very bad job for this, for this research on this. But it mm-hmm. seems like, from what I understand, that they, the, the barriers between the worlds have been kind of broken down. So either they could traverse the world very easily or much more easily, or they're all on one. They're all on Earth Prime, which is like the, the, end, of, the end of the comic crisis. Yeah. So, um, I mean, look, it's still... That, that will probably make the logistics of furthering seasons a little more complicated. 
Yeah. Because now you have to, you will have to explain why, uh, you know, Black Lightning isn't calling the, the heroes of tomorrow every time mm-hmm. he runs into it, he hits a wall. Yeah. But um, it's still like, the, the, other, the other grand, bold accomplishment about the Arrowverse over the MCU is that every, we can only take glimpses into the yeah. MCU every few years, you know? Whereas with the Arrowverse, we could see each and every individual yeah. in the universe yeah. on a weekly basis, like as yeah. they develop as characters in their own right, and then every now and then come together to smash something. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, then that's the sort of thing you want to be into. Because yeah, and one thing uh, the Arrow series finale has seemed to do, which a lot of series finales do not do, and again, this, <sighs> it, it's tough to call this a finale it is an arrow finale but not an arrow yeah, verse finale so there's there's a little bit of leverage there it seems to have gone off in a way that all the fans were like yeah they nailed it this is great they did it because a lot of series finales don't nail it a lot of series finales <laughs> yes. uh leave you wondering i think we yeah. ranked our series finales um uh, six feet under series finale is one of the best series finales i've ever seen um you know we've talked about this in previous shows mm-hmm. um Buffy, I thought, was an, was an amazing series finale, too. I thought it did a nice job of kind of uh, answering the question that was posed at the very beginning, which is there's a chosen one. Uh, by the end of it, it's not a one anymore. It's been spread right. out to there's, every... So I thought, that, I thought that was kind of, you know, you know, she's not alone anymore. And I thought that was actually really, uh, really poignant and a really strong way to end it. Um, you know, it's a good focal point to, to concentrate on. Because you got to... Whenever you end a story, you got to... Yeah you got to end it with some kind of profound change has taken yeah. place from, from the premise from or you the, could do the it started. Yeah. You could do it like that. And they already, they, they'd already been cheating that with yeah. the, with uh, you know, with Kendra and then with faith. Yeah. They've already, they already yeah. were cheating the, add an extra slayer. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I yep. mean, it just stands to reason that was a good solid ending. And then, I mean, but then you have to also think about, you know, game of Thrones, which just ended. Uh, which was universally I was trying panned. not to. I was, no, I was wondering I'm just, I'm just which of us was easy. It is not an easy thing. I can no. literally count two series finales that left me, you know, going, yeah, all right, I, you know, totally nailed it. This is fantastic. Yeah. I felt um, the, the series finale of, uh, of Boardwalk Empire was like, wow, okay. I mean, you're obviously. Except no one watched that show. No one. Like two people. So a lot less pressure. Stevie Semi. When we come back, we go spinning the racks. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire Talking Comics, Movies, TV, Pop Culture, and Boardwalk Empire every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the SireDigital.com network. Uh, we do this every week. We talk, <laughs> we talk about the inside info in the comic book industry because it's all the stuff that you love on film. Uh, we're getting ahead of the curve and giving you the insight before it does. We spin the comics to movie racks. Spin around, spin around. 
Graphic novel sales rose 16.1% in bookstores in 2019. This comes from The Beat, uh, Heidi McDonald's awesome newsletter. Go subscribe to it. It's great. Uh, while graphic novel sales were down slightly in comic shops in 2019, in bookstores, they were up 16.1% and helped buoy book sales overall, according to a report by Jim Malott and from Publishers Weekly. Um, uh, so graphic novels are helping the, the, yeah. the literary sphere but not helping the comic book retailers. That's Two call-outs to James Massey in one show. James Massey, yeah, James Massey recently launched a, uh, a novel, an illustrated novel on Kickstarter. And out of all of his, he got the book back, out of all of his backers, he looked at where they found him. And there's something you know, about people looking to Kickstarter to discover new projects. It was by far like 2% of his, of his backers. Whereas in, in, in the past, I mean, even the Descendant Kickstarter, I mean, 30% of the people that backed Descendant were people who went to the Kickstarter site looking for graphic novels. So yeah, graphic novels, publishing itself is in a little bit of a, of a free fall. Uh, yeah. Graphic novels, you know, completely, completely different uh, shape. So this is from Publishers Weekly. Uh, positive trends in adult fiction were the continued strength of graphic novels, where units rose 16.1%, and the rebound in horror occult psych- psychological segment where units increased 16.6%. Science fiction had the largest decline among the adult fiction genres, uh, with units down 19.7%. The smaller Western segments uh, units fell 172 and romance novels declined 12.4%. While print sales of science fiction and romance continue to endure annual double-digit declines, uh, Mystery Detective, another segment that has suffered, had a relatively mild 3.5% decline in unit sales. Very fascinating, too, uh, just kind of on the heels of last week, we talked about image cutting down on science fiction. I wonder, I wonder what's – you would think there'd be more. I don't know. You'd be th- like with, with movies and whatnot. I mean, it can't all be superheroes at some point, right? It, you'd like to think so, but, I, yeah. you know, you know the, the, the problem with business, though, is that they're not going to form trends. They're only yeah. chasing trends. Yeah. So they're not going to stop with the the superhero stuff until the superhero stuff tanks hard. Yeah. So and if Marvel, if Kevin Feige is a genius that he that, that we think he is that we've already christened him as. Yeah. The the superhero genre is going to last for quite a while. Yeah. Um. So that means they're just going to milk this this cow until you know until there's nothing left. So what you're saying is we've got to get the Sire movie. <laughs> Superhero <laughs> yes, force by his own That is exactly what I was saying. I'm glad you were able to interpret that. Option. Well <laughs> we're waiting. We're waiting. Uh, it's funny, though, reading this about graphic novels. Uh, it kind of, again, uh, bookends our initial conversation with Birds of Prey and, and the initial tweet where the guy was like, Oh, you don't know the audience that you're actually looking for. And it's like, No, no, the audience has completely changed now. Graphic novels, and especially the availability digitally of graphic novels. Uh, it's a thriving industry. Kindle yeah. sales, iBook sales, you know, Amazon sales. Um, I, I said Kindle actually. Um, you know, it, Comixology, things like that. Where, you know, yeah, it's a it's a global market. It's global. Webtoons is huge. Like web comics are big. I mean, that's that's the world to we're cl- living in now too. Where to claim any one demographic has a chokehold on fandom mm-hmm. is 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 not. And I mean, even if they did, yeah. your goal. As a as a as a producer, your your goal as a content provider would be to expand the audience, not to just 
not to just strictly cater to one, yeah. but try to bring in as many people as possible so that you could expand your audience base and expand your profits. Yeah. Very um, simply. Makes total so, sense. Yeah. It doesn't make, it, it makes no sense to, to want to uh, specialize, you know, and, yeah. and narrow things down. It's nonsense. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. We'll see where it goes. Uh, we are always ever present uh, being in this industry and hoping to make livings off of this industry as to where these trends are yeah. headed. If, if at all possible. If at all possible. Next week, we dive into Birds of Prey. The reviews will be out. We'll preview the Birds of Prey movie uh, alongside that Kevin Sharp. We'll also dive into Oscars. It's our Oscar preview show. Uh, we'll list the comic books you need to read uh, before going to see Birds of Prey. And we'll do a little Logan versus Joker standoff. Uh, great article I found. I uh, can't wait to dive into that. And who knows? Maybe a trailer or two will pop up in between. We'll see you guys. Probably will happen. Week.